natives I know. Ninety percent Stony Island. Stony Island audio. You notice as the season goes on, I start getting into that uh, that little intro sound more and more. It just gets in me. What can I say? I'm open my giggle. This is what it happened was last episode. Uh, we left off. Questlove was telling us the story of the woot, the woots, the woots, the roots making do you want more. And Black Thought was making me feel bad for being a rapper because he's so good at being a rapper. So why should anybody else also be a rapper? And we were just getting into the making of the song, the lesson featuring an amazing freestyle by a 13 year old Dice Raw. We pick up today with more on that song and how they found Rozel, the human beatbox. And then they round out the album with the story behind the amazing Ursula Rucker spoken word piece at the end of the album. Speaking of the end, I haven't ended being a rapper, even though Black Thought makes me feel bad. I'm still going on tour this December doing open mic eagle rap music. I'm going to be in Houston and Dallas, New Orleans, Brooklyn, Philly, D.C., Boston, Miami and Orlando this December. Tickets are going fast. Uh, for details, hit up MikeEagle.net. This podcast is part of the Stony Island Audio Network, the home for hip-hop podcasts that you can actually listen to. Like the Questions Hip Hop Trivia Podcast, or Super Duty Tough Work with Blueprint and Illogic, or Stories About Songs with Kevin Beecham. Support this podcast by using the codes and the ads and giving it 13 stars on whatever podcast platform you listen to. And with that, Let's get into it. Season four, episode six. Do you want more? Part three. This is open mic giggle. This is season four. What it happened was we're pretty deep into it, but the question remains: Do you want more? Do you want more? As for encore, we fly to condors. So shout to the sponsors. We got to the top floor. All organic like we pass to the popcorn Come on and get on board Do you want more? Ask for encore Flies to condors Shout to the sponsors They got to the top floor It's all organic like we pass to the popcorn Come on and get on board the train Crazy as Osborne's I ask if you want more You ask for encore We flies to condor Shout to the sponsors We got to the top floor It's all organic like we pass to the popcorn Want more? Ask for encore Flies to condors Shout to the sponsors We got to the We'll get back into it in one second, but I need to take a quick moment and shout out our sponsor, DistroKid. Man, so many of my homies use DistroKid. It's a music distribution service that makes distribution fun and easy with unlimited uploads and artists keeping 100% of their royalties and earnings. A million plus artists rely on DistroKid to put their music on Spotify, Apple Music, YouTube, TikTok, Tidal, Instagram, and all the major streaming services. A million plus artists, and I swear I know at least 100 of them. And now DistroKid has an app. You can use the app to upload new releases, see your DistroKid bank, and get notified when you've earned royalties. You can even check your streaming stats live. The DistroKid app is now available on iOS. Go to the App Store and download it. DistroKid also has a new feature called Instant Share that allows you to easily share large files securely with collaborators, producers, booking agents, managers, playlist curators, 
and more. Basically, anybody that needs access to your music, there's an easy way to upload it and send them a link. Go to distrokid.com slash instant share, drag and drop your files to upload, and then you can copy and send your link right there. It's free to send one gigabyte of files. That's like 100 MP3s. Don't quote me on that. Go to distrokid.com slash open mic. That's distrokid.com slash open mic. O-P-E-N-M-I-K-E for 30% off your membership. Whenever we got the announcement that Kurt Cobain committed suicide, mm. my manager called panicking. It's like, yo, I think shit's about to hit the fan. We're about to lose all this shit. I was like, huh? I'm Kurt Loder with an MTV News special report on a very sad day. Kurt Cobain, the leader of one of rock's most gifted and promising bands, Nirvana, is dead. And this is the story as we know it so far. And I was like, what do you mean? Because it was like 7 in the morning. And incidentally, my dad had to go to the hospital for a heart attack. So he's really... It's, it's now three months later and shit's worse than it's ever been. His health is getting bad. He's in the hospital, you know. And I just, I got home at five in the morning and he wakes me up panicking like six and like whatever. It's like, yo, man, we're fucked. Hmm. And I was like, what are you talking about? It's like fucking Kirk Obey, man. We're about to be fucked. And I was like, what does that got to do with us? And he says, look, they signed us on the strength of the billions that Aerosmith, Guns N' Roses, and Nirvana had brought into the label. Right. Aerosmith decided not to re-sign the Geffen and go back to Sony. So they lost their moneymaker with Aerosmith. And it was very obvious that Guns N' Roses was not going to come up with a, a follow-up record. Well, how long did it take Chinese democracy? Give it like 23 years yeah, or something? Crazy. <laughs> right. So they have been waiting for a Guns N' Roses follow-up for like three three to four years all of a sudden and now this happens and you know there's still no staff like they promised that you know we don't have a staff yet so they basically gave us everything we needed handed us like three or four credit cards said look just they trusted us mm -hmm. that's how rich they were so were, were they and and, and quick tangent so that was their involvement staff wise, but were they were they checking songs? Were y'all sending songs to were they trying to be involved in the creative process at all? Were they I trying mean, to weigh in? Wendy you know, Wendy was very active. Um, but pretty much Wendy was trying to build a, a staff there. Mm -hmm. By January, she also signed the Jizza. I'm on a mission that niggas say is impossible. But when I swing my swords, they all choppable. I beat the body drop while the heartbeat stop. And then by February, she signed about 15 other acts. Gotcha. All City, the Brooklyn Funk Essentials. They were gonna really do it. Build a just department. Yeah. Right. But they didn't have anything, and you know, so. They piecemealed it together. There was uh, uh, Derek, Derek and Fran, uh, formerly of, of Def Jam. She basically had to call in favors from different labels. Even Steve Rifkin of Loud Records um, was going to handle like promotions and things like that. So we had to go to other labels to get other employees to moonlight 
and secretly work on our record in addition to what they had. So again, like Francesca Spiro, Steve Rifkin, like all these names that we don't have a staff, but we had to go to other labels and piecemeal like that together. And Rich was like, well, because we don't have an infrastructure yet and there's no brick and mortar like floor for the urban department, they get easy, easily drop us. Mm. And I was like, so what does this mean for us? And he said, we got two and a half weeks to finish this shit. I got a plan. So in in 15, 16 days, all that we recorded, we had only mixed the from the ground up stuff with Bob. Right. Um, There's about, what, 16, 17 songs on Do You Want More? So it was crunch time. So right. basically, Bob, we're, we're mixing like a song every two days. Like, we'll mix a song, go home and uh, let's tweak it. the drums. And then, so basically, like a song every day and a half. We're not, Rich is like, stop recording new music. Mm-hmm. And then he remembered, damn, we met that guy at Lyricist Lounge. So I guess when Hub and I were on tour for that gospel thing, Tariq and Malik and Rich went to Lyricist Lounge to meet with Bobito. Bobito suggested that, hey, why don't you guys come to Lyricist Lounge? And this is the night that I believe uh, Biggie, there's an infamous uh, Biggie Smalls, like, Lyricist Lounge appearance that is on one of those, like, Lyricist Lounge mm-hmm. compilations or whatever. It's clobbering time. When I rip rhymes, I punch thirst like very fine. And, and I'm, I'm still thirsty. thirsty. This is the night of that, but they tell me they, they met this guy that can do the beatbox and all these crazy noises. Uh, and we got to get down with that guy. We got to put him in our show. Enter. And this is when Roz- we meet Rozel. 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 So, Rich is like, we're going to bring Rozel to Philly and figure out something for him to do. Some horn parts or whatever. As I kick along, I speak of the children of the corn as Rozel the Godfather annoys both me some horns. As I kick along, I speak of the children of the corn as Rozel the Godfather annoys both me some horns. And then we're going to nip this shit in the bud. We got to shoot three videos, shoot the album cover, and then we're going to come with the plan. And I'm like, well, what's the plan? So Razel comes to Philly. When we do that Questlove uh, question versus Razel skit uh, yep. before Do You Want More, mm-hmm. Razel didn't even meet me yet. Like Razel was mic checking. I walk in the studio and he's like, so I just get on drums and I start playing. Come on. We gonna do a lesson like this, baby. Break it on down. Come on. Razel doesn't even know my name. So even when on that sketch, he's like, yeah, we got my man Roots uh, on the drums. <laughs> and Like, we didn't even meet each other yet. Wow. And so that's how we meet. Like, incidentally, when I worked on Al Green's record, same way. Like, we were just playing and suddenly, like, I hear Al Green's voice and we just, we didn't even meet yet. Wow. So that's how it happened. So...
Razel came down to do like uh, stuff on Lazy Afternoon, to do stuff on, you know, various things. And, you know, we decided last minute, let's do a straight beatbox song. So I think they were taking a dinner break and mm-hmm. I was trying to figure out, well, Razel's like, what do you want me to do? And I was like, all right, well, what I'll do is I'll, I'll just go in the studio, do some mock stuff and you come in and do it for real. So like all that voice stuff you hear on like the lesson. Yeah. That's me just okay. like, and there's a point where you even hear me laughing. I didn't realize, like, I had the headphones on. I didn't realize it. Turn around. Tariq <laughs> startled me, and, like, that's where that laugh comes from. And, you know, so Razel does his parts, and then... Did you hum the bass line? No. That bass line came over. So there was another uh, auxiliary uh, crew member uh, named uh, Bun. Bun was down with the, uh, there's a brother named King Britt, who yeah, yeah. is oh, now Professor King Britt out in uh, San Diego. King is like one of the most instrumental. He He's the Giles Peterson of Philadelphia. Right. One of our very first gigs. Like he's first guy that like would throw these parties of like rare grooves. Mm-hmm. Like the idea of like, wait a minute, you mean... My dad's record collection can work in a nightclub today. Like, I can take the War record and the Roy Ayers record and the Commodores record and come to a nightclub and you guys like it? Like, that's a thing? So he's instrumental in my DJ career and all that stuff. So, like, King Brit was also the DJ for Diggable Planets. And, um... You know, like, so one of his boys, uh, his name is Tone, uh, he came up with the bass line. And, um, you know, Tariq did a, a verse, and I had left by that point. So the next day, um, you know, Kilo was like, yo, let the boy get on. Like, let, let Dice do it. And so Tariq had to readjust his rhyme to, like, Dice Roll, the melon, you know. Yeah. Dice Roll, the motherfucking wild noise. Get on a mic, get on a mic and perpetrate in his voice. That motherfucker just freestyled that entire, like, I sat there flabbergasted because it reminded me of meeting Tariq mm. in the first day of high school. When he was roasting everybody. Yeah. yeah. Right. And I just remember, like, he made one mistake. And I was like, no, 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 just, you know, just punch it in, whatever. And then I was like, say my name, too. Like, give me a shout out. Like, no one, <laughs> no one said, like, I don't have my own, like... Quest Love, the big beat blaster. He yeah. like, I don't, I don't know shout outs yet. So, and then he's like, if you want no better ass, brother, question. Honey, I'm not the one for stressing. If you want to know better ass, brother, question. Does he know the time? Like, I know the time when I grab the microphone. It's like, summertime. he did that. And then Rich is like, the album is done. We have to go up to New York and mix everything. So, pretty much, we, we, you know, locked out Battery Studios, mm-hmm. mixed everything. In the meantime, we shot videos for Distortion, Proceed, and I remember the night that we did uh, The Lesson and Lazy Afternoon, it was like maybe almost midnight, and then Rich remembered we had to shoot an album cover. So I was like, what do we do? What do we do? And we called one of my boys that went to Performing Arts, uh, the, the great and Posey Talbert, and Posey came down to the studio, and he was like, 
let's go in the alleyway behind the back. I was like, that rat infested alleyway? <laughs> so it was like midnight and we're taking all the instruments out of the studio and setting up in the alleyway. And he's like, yeah, let's set it up like um, like a, like it's a, like a jazz club or whatever. Mm-hmm. So if you ever seen the back cover of Do You Want More where like, we're setting up and Hub has the, you know, the 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 upright bass and Scott's on keyboards and Tariq and Malik are freestyle and you see like an audience of watching people. That's just like the studio staff wow. and some friends. Like that was done at like basically, you know, midnight, twelve thirty in the morning. We shot the back cover and then we set back in and then right before we left to go to New York, I said, yo. We don't have an album intro. Mm. He's like, Arr! and they were like, ah, oh, man, just do it. Oh, no, we, we need an album intro. And he's like, nah, I'm going home, man, whatever. It's like late or whatever. So I stayed behind. Uh, me and Hub stayed behind. And, you know, we, we figured out a baseline or whatever. And so that winds up being the intro. Something's going on. I called Tariq and Malik once they got home because it, it sounds like they're on a the telephone. They were literally on a telephone. We didn't mix it Beastie Boy styles, like, you know, and you literally hear, like, I'm on three-way, and I'm telling Malik, don't talk to me in real time, because you're on the mic, like, but he's still like, Amir, cue me in, right? <laughs> <laughs> Tariq and Malik do their, uh, their ad-libs for something going on, and everything was done. We mixed it, and then Rich was like, still not done i don't i don't want this album ending on the lesson like it's mm. we need a a statement now rich you know is a jazz head and is knee deep in like the bohemian like the original like what people think we are like these incense burning yeah erica badu dayton head rap, head yeah. rap mm-hmm. like rich is from the the 70s generation of that and so he's like i got the answer He's like, I'm gonna get Inzazaki Shenge to 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 write a sex poem. You know, Inzazaki Shenge wrote, you know, for Colored Girls, mm-hmm. and she's a Philadelphian. Rich was like, yo, write me a a, a a sexually salacious poem about female empowerment, female as the alpha in a in a toxic male wor- world. He basically said, write it about a gangbang, mm-hmm. and I was like, wait, what? Huh? What? He says, trust me. It's going to work like gang buses. Female empowerment. And I was like, well, okay. Be as though there's always, uh, there's all, you know, there's always that token song where like the MC got to tell the woman about herself. Yeah. Like, I know a girl and you live in fat, like all that shit, mm-hmm. which, which is really the reason why I had to create the pie in the face moment for You Ain't Fly. That makes sense. My name's Question. Um, who are you? She didn't respond. She didn't respond. Continue on. Thought to myself, should have said a little louder. Better hurry up before she gets lost in the crowd. Excuse me, miss. 
excuse me, miss. No, I'm not having it. I just got this. I didn't get mad, was calm and collect. I didn't call a bitch, I didn't break a neck. Start to wonder why the brothers disrespect the cuties. So place the 180s in the high price foozies. As she walked away, man, I couldn't deny. I started lying to myself. Man, she wasn't that fly. I got some You ain't flying as first existed was just like what we're just randomly dissing a girl for no reason because she don't want to talk to you (laughs) right and i I had problems with it i told rich like yo like because in my mind and this is this is sort of the difference between reek and i in my mind i'm thinking about the critical claim yeah how much mics are we getting how many stars in rolling stone and later what's our pitchfork rating Mm -hmm. what's our metacritic rating Reach thinking about the barbershop. Mm. What the, what's the crew around the way? What's and you know, like we're the original equipment. Right. So, you know, I told Rich, I was like, yo, man, like this is this this is misogynist leaning. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, like I always thought I was recording like the, the Dear Yvette song, like, I'm gonna tell you about yourself, girl. Right. You know, you foul and I'm gonna air you out. Yo, Yvette, there's a lot of rumors going around. It's so bad. Baby, you might have to skip town. See something smelling fishy and they say it's you. All I know is that you made it with the whole damn crew. They say you're a man eater during the I always hated those types of songs, so I didn't want to rhyme. Like, I'm working on that MC song. So, like you, I was like, I'm never getting on the mic again. Like, Tariq is the narrator guy. I'm the music guy. Is that guy. the reason you stopped? Because you had rapped on Organics. Yeah. You rapped on this album. Yeah, and so I, I, I felt the need to save save our angle hmm. you know i wanted to be the rap group that you know embraces women and not to be that thing so i was like i have to write a verse in which i get the pie in the face mm-hmm. so that the song gets balanced out so we had talked to Enzaki. we told her like times of the essence we got you know 72 hours and to turn this record in so can you come with it she's like all right i got it i'm ready we called her that morning like all right, we're going to pick you up. It's like nine in the morning. We're going to pick you up around like 1130. We go to her apartment. We're going to pick you up. It's like nine in the morning. We're going to pick you up around like 1130. We go to her apartment. Nothing. Her uh, husband's like, she left last night. She's in Barbados. Whoa. And it's like, fuck. Yo. So we're literally just sitting there in the car. and. We're thinking, he's like, oh, damn, do I got Mary Baraka's number? Do I got, he's trying to think like, what notable poet can we get to close this shit? And it just hit me, yo, there's this new community of Philadelphia poets. Mm -hmm. Like, and you know, by this point, uh, you know, like the New York poetry community, like the poets of the world were like coming to Philly and, and doing these things like on Sunday night. Uh, Rich Medina was a poet. Um, Trapita Mason, uh, this girl I never met before named Jill Scott. My name is J I L L S C O T T. Jill Scott represent So there was like a Philadelphia poetry community that was brewing, and the epicenter of this community was a young woman named Ursula Rucker, who just happened to work at uh, this theater in Philadelphia that was like maybe three blocks away from where Ntozaki lived, which, you know, I, I knew its location because 
it's also near Rough House. And mm-hmm. I was like, wait, Ursula works at the Painted Bride. Literally went, walked there like, yo, this is your moment. Like, would you write a poem? And Rich explained everything, you know. Because y'all didn't even have, like, the words that inches I can Rich just said, you know, it's, it's, it's a female empowerment thing. It's a gangbang going disastrous. And he explained all the nuances of everything. And she was like, she didn't even bat an eye. She's like, yeah, I could do this. What? The female protagonist versus eight guys in a sexual situation? Yeah, I could do this. And she came to the studio after she got off work, 5 p.m., knocked that shit out mm. in like one take. I, the voyeur, peer as she begins her ritual, paying sexual tithes for few and untrue. Words of admiration, translation, sucker ass, lines of trash, spewing from first ones, unskilled lips that beg for pussy tricks that make his dick go quickly. And we were like jaw dropped. And Rich was like, now that's how you end the motherfucking album. So we did it. Now, I mentioned earlier the plan. Mm-hmm. So here's the situation the plan was, Rich was out of his mind to do this, but. He said, all right, so when you finish an album, you're supposed to turn the master tapes in. Mm -hmm. You turn the master tapes in, and then you wait. And if you came in under budget, they give you what's left of the budget. So we're owed maybe like somewhere between 90 90 to like Mm $140,000. We'd spend about $600,000 which is unheard of. Right. And so something out of like, I, I guess you could say, do you, do you remember in Ghost when like, when Patrick uh, Swayze has like, Whoopi Goldberg get dressed and go to the bank to close out the account and whatever. And they're looking like all suspiciously like, uh, are you Mrs. Uh, Swornstein or whatever? <laughs> and she's like, yes, I am. And So is that a cashier's check? Yes. Well, Rita, it looks like you'll be withdrawing $4 million from us today. $4 million? Say yes. Say yes. Is that correct? Yes. Yes. Well, how would you like that? Tens and twenties. Pardon? A cashier's check. Tell him a cashier's I check. I think better a cashier's check. A cashier's check. Fine. Well, it's our money, right? We took our money. And we purchased... Six, seven, one-way tickets to London, England. Mm. And Rich is like, we're going to go live in London. So I'm like, well, wait, what do you mean by live in London? He's like, look, this is the way I see it. This Cobain shit's scaring me. Mm. So the way I see it, we got to go out and make some critical noise real quick and not wait for the label to do the work for us. That way, when they be like, uh, guys, never mind, we're going to drop you, we could be like, ah, 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 ah. Mm-hmm. Here's, read our press Look first. Look at all this press. Look at all this noise we're making. Right. So the first thing he did was, I mean, we got an agent. We decided. Now, Carol Lewis is, Carol Lewis infamously shouted out in Peyton Pool. Carol Lewis is our agent. Nobody Walker Entertainment, you know, at the mm-hmm. top of Peyton Pool. Yo, Rockin', what's up? Yo, I'm doing the knowledge, E, man. I'm trying to get paid in full. Well, check this out. Since Norby Walters is our agency, right? True. Carol Lewis is our agent. Where's up? Carol Lewis 
has been every A-list rapper's like agent. She's literally it's the the will of Carol Lewis is how you know who we are. Cause mm. we certainly weren't selling records or on TRL or 106 in part, but it was her, like she was like mobster style. Like you're not even think you know you're not gonna get Jay-Z or Eminem until you get me eight root states here. And they're, you know, promoters right. like for this much money? No. Well, <laughs> I'm gonna take Jay-Z and them. Okay, okay, I'll do it. I'll do it. So all those shows that you've seen of us between like 93 and 99. Yeah. Now I was, eventually I was a few of those. <laughs> right. Now eventually, like we caught on. And right. It was word of mouth. Like, yo, you gotta come see the root show, man. It's really dope. And then like mm-hmm. more people, more people. But them early days, she literally was like, that's how she would play the roots. Like, fuck you. Her version of fuck you pay me was literally like. You do not get this A-list person until you promise me 20 Roots gigs in your territory. Ain't selling any records? Fuck you. Pay me. Oh, you want me in your video? Fuck you. Pay me. Promoters were pissed. But then they're like, oh, we do like you guys. Oh. And then they tell us the story like, well, yeah, we, you know, we resisted at first because you guys were nobody. But, you know, that's literally how it was. We decided not to keep Kara for Europe. We wanted the Kara of Europe. So, right, and they all operate different anyway. Right, so Nigel Hassler, who's still our agent to this day, Kara's still our agent to this day in America. Nigel was our European person. And it was like the, the movie, The Commitments. We were like, yo, get us a tour bus and have us perform anywhere worth our grain of salt. Like, literally just do that. And we... For those early runs, we it wasn't even like a tour. It was basically like we would set up shop a month at a time. Like, okay, we're going to go to Italy for a month. Mm-hmm. And he would have us play in every dive bar or every whatever for like, you know, 16 cities in Italy. Then we go to Switzerland. Then we go to the UK. Then we go to Ireland. So we would do long, month-long residencies. And all this is before the album has come out so from the ground up gets released in europe which is another reason to be out there right and it 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 does the job for the giles peterson left to center set right but it's not like it's making all that much noise uh you know like we're not a a, a sensation yet Mm -hmm. something happens in france that's really incredible so we we are gaining we're getting the attention of tastemakers like the hip tastemakers. Oh, you ain't up on the on the on the roots, you know. We're getting that attention from them. So there's a, a rap group in France called whatever fuck your mother means in French, like <laughs> Nactu Matar or Nactu Matar or whatever. Uh, there's another French rap group called I Am. Now these guys like. These are like the biggest rap groups, right? These are the this is the Wu Tang of like France or whatever. They know who we are. And so there's this show called Taratata, which is a French uh late night talk show that's the equivalent of being on the Tonight Show or David Letterman mm-hmm. back then. Now, this group called I Am just wanted us to be their band. Think of like Jay-Z and the Roots, like that sort of thing. I got the most incredible Roots band with me tonight, y'all. 
It's a beautiful thing. On the show, also, DeBrat is making, like, a lot of American hip-hop is starting to make a lot of noise over there in ways that the EPMDs and whatever, like, they're now getting mainstream love. So it's like the post-chronic period where mainstream hip-hop is now getting mainstream love. So the rule of the show is that you have to perform live. You can't lip sync. Mm-hmm. DeBrat's team did not understand the assignment and was like, we, we got a debt. So we're going to do Functify the debt. So we were there and I was like, hey, uh, you know, we're backing them up. We, we could do your stuff too. And wow. she's like, who is y'all? I was like, where, where are the roots? So literally, she's looking at us up and down like, the roots? What y'all, from Africa or something? <laughs> I was like, no, we're, we're from Philadelphia. She's looking at us like, oh, y'all look corny. And we start playing Functified. She's like, nah, I ain't feeling that. And they're like, well, you know, well, you can't perform. She's like, good, because I'm going to sleep. Damn. So what she winds up doing is freeing up 12 minutes of slot time that's unfilled. So they're like, can you guys do like two songs or whatever? So this is the most tw- important 12 minutes of our life. So we do a song. We, we back up uh, the I Am group. I uh, think we wind up doing proceed. Yo, I shall proceed and continue to rock the mic. I shall proceed and continue to rock the mic. I shall proceed and continue to rock the mic. And we we're like, what are we going to do for a second song? And again, it's like, do we try to sell the song? Or do we try to sell the idea and the novelty of the group? Because again, it's like the world has not seen a, a beatboxer or none of these things. Right. And so we managed to do like some sort of freestyle song that showcased that we were a band and that this guy does this crazy beatbox noise or whatever. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, you are now being introduced to you and yours, to millions, the roots, coming to you live, live, live. And literally overnight, like this is like one of the first, and this is viral before viral was a thing, but in every French-speaking country, from Africa to France, anywhere where they spoke uh, French, suddenly, like, we became a thing. There's a French intro to Proceed 2. That's at Montreux Jazz Festival. So thus, once 
people see that, then suddenly everyone's calling Nigel Hassler. We got to have that group. We got to have that group. So suddenly now we can go to Switzerland and get a good hotel mm. and not stay in the prostitute hotel <laughs> three in at a hostel, time. Right. Dude, strict. Like, yo, you get the pillow. You get the blankets. You get the da-da-da. You get the da-da-da. I look now kind of as fond memories, but it's also like that was such a trial by fire moment. Because what winds up happening, the reason why the album did not come out on the 28th of June mm-hmm. I'll never forget this moment. So Distortion of Static is about to be released like in, in May of 1994 to set up the 20th of June release. Um, this is also subsequently the day that a rapper from Brooklyn releases his single called Juicy. It was all a dream. I used to read Word Up magazine. Something pepper and heavy tea. Now, back in the day, the way that you felt the te- the way that they would ex- uh, give you the temperature of what your future was going to look like based on your singles, there was a periodical called Hits Magazine. And Hits Magazine basically took, like, college... Uh, they would gauge each... Like radio station plays. Right, that sort of thing. Like BDSs, or mm-hmm. now we, just, we call it views, mm-hmm. but it's the views of the day. So, Geffen... Wendy calls us up and says, guys, great news. It's like, we got the initial numbers for uh, Distortion and Static Spins, it's 683 ads, which is like, oh, is, is that a good number? That's a great number. It's like, hey, it's like, it's better than what Biggie doing. Biggie got, psh, Biggie only got uh, 75 ads. Mm. We're like, oh, yo. The celebrating that we did that weekend, it's like, yo, we got 680 something ads. And that Biggie guy only got under 100 ads. Like, we're the most added record of the week. This is what we didn't know. Mm. Flavor in your ear and juicy were so red hot that some DJs would violate the. So what they were supposed to do was wait a week to the next week to add Biggie. I see. But they were so anxious to play it that the overages, the spillover overages, seventy-five radio stations like, nah, fuck that. We're we're going to add it now instead of like waiting for the big accumulated number. Mm-hmm. So the next week, all that celebrate we didn't like. Yeah, we made it. We made it. Yeah, what's the numbers this week? Uh, you guys got a, okay. Uh, you went down a little bit. You get, you, it's 487 spins. I'd say, oh, what, what did Biggie get? Um, like 40,000 spins. Woo. We're like, wait, huh? And literally once they explained to us what this, that Biggie's low numbers due to like seven radio stations leaking it early, playing mm-hmm. it early. So we thought like we legit. Our five-day total was only like, you know, 800 spins. His full week total was more closer to 40,000. Wow. And then it was like, oh, we're going to fail. So this, this leads to, if you, if you remember the, the, the beginning of, uh, if, go back to the Rising Down album, mm-hmm. the, the argument that ensues, like all of us are on the line, like screaming at each other. Yeah. That was that. Like, wait, what what's like the day that we realized, oh shit, this is not gonna work the way that we thought it was gonna work. Why why was it why was the choice made to go with distortion and static as the first single? 
anyway. Because it's like a dark kind of song. Like You want to know something funny? In my mind, this is how dumb I am. I'm going to play this interlude. And again, I, as I told you at the top, all Roots ideas are sort of derivative of whatever hip-hop is, is going on. So, all right. <laughs> this, this interlude, premiering his damn interludes. <laughs> ah, See you in the background? Yeah. <laughs> I, I heard it. I heard right. <laughs> we used to just always... I mean, we just do dumb things. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, you hear that enough times in the car driving to some city, and then suddenly, ah. That like, becomes a car joke. And then, right. Yeah. And then next thing you know, you're doing a sound check. Right. And in my mind, I was like, yo, that should be the hook. some sort of way that like even though we're the type of rappers that would also like put down mumble culture mm -hmm. the fact that we've attempted twice to do nonsensical hooks <laughs> and the world hasn't caught on that we pioneered that shit but also I believe that whoever pioneers it never gets the credit right I think y'all started verses looking at these you know what I'm saying <laughs> right and so I remember I was like yo Let's not have a hook and just do the lap. I said, yo, every kid's going to do that shit. Mm -hmm. Every kid's going to do that. We didn't know what a hook was because in our idea, the reason why Ready to Die was such a game-changing moment in a weird way is that if you remember what hip-hop records were beforehand, mm -hmm. they would have that one token R&B cut. Right. Brand Nubians, like you tried to do me. You know, Diamond D at the I'm so confused, I don't know what to do. Yeah. LL Cool J to have I Need Love. Well, like, and walking with the Panther, yeah, like right. four of them exactly. joints. <laughs> right. I need love. But it was always like you did your street joints, but you always had that one or two token mm -hmm. radio joints. Even NWA would talk about like, I won't curse on the radio, so I'll just chill, you mm -hmm. know, that sort of thing. And then what separates Ready to Die from The Chronic was Diddy's like, nah. Let's make a whole album of the R&B stuff and just have the one token. So suddenly, the premiere token cut right. is the street cut <laughs> instead of the opposite way, right? And so we didn't know what song structure was. We didn't know what a hook... Like, we were very lucky for Scott Storch's right hand. So, like, you know... If I tell you to sing Mellow My Man, you could be like, da 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 the, I'm sorry, the right hand is what the melody is. Right. What part can you whistle? And I didn't realize that until the age of, uh, wait, what was before the iPhone? Like the, the 
the two-way pager joints. Right. Right. I started getting mad because I'm like, how come no? So if you remember, there was points, there was a time period in which you could program two-way pager ringers to be like your favorite song. Yeah. You know, you, you, number G. And one day I was mad at the studio. I'm like, yo, how come everyone's making, how come no one's made a, a Roots two-way pager song? And Rich would laugh like, Psst. he's like, because y'all don't know what a melody is. And I was like, huh? He's like, man, what's, he's like, what's the melody of, uh, he's like, what's, what's, what's going, what goes on melody? And I was like, what? He says, no, that's y'all scatting. Like, what's, what's the part, what's the part that I would whistle if I were a five-year-old kid? And I was like, he's like, well, what about Swept Away? You could do, he said, that's the baseline, man. That's the choice is yours. He's like, no, man, it's a whole different time period. Like, you guys only concentrated on the drum and bass and creating an atmosphere. Like, you guys paint pictures, but you guys don't know what a melody is. In my mind, getting some R&B dude to sing a hook is going pop. Mm-hmm. So I didn't know we didn't know what songwriting was, and the thing was I was I was caught by surprise by distortion myself because here's the thing, and this this will this will bite us in the ass also around things fall apart time which is we're not fragmented as a group but it's like Tariq and Malik are in their particular uh, headquarters working on lyrics, mm-hmm. so I'm not there as a traditional, none of us are there as, well, Rich is there to sort of micromanage everything, but I'm, I'm not there to be like, hey, you should change it like this. Like, a guy like Dr. Dre mm-hmm. will, will give you notes and whatever, but in my mind, it's like, well, I don't know how to rhyme or write a rhyme, so Tariq, let Tariq and Mellon do what they do. Distortion of Static had a lyrical structure that was something more closer to maybe like pass the plugs on De La Soul mm-hmm. is Dead. Like I had a pattern, uh, staticky and scratchy, kind of catchy. Da 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 First P is past. I am no ass. Pasta news. Plug one to the whole race. Rhyme on a tour. Small and mature. Dispatch obscure themes with a mad face. Dog dog and lean. Was once nineteen. Now I'm one year older with reason. So that's what I knew. Distortion is static, as we've had it in our repertoire for at least three years by that point to be but this is this is going to be a long-running thing with the roots where i'm already in new york with bob power at battery studios waiting for someone to courier up the the two inch reels from the studio session last night so we could start mixing Mm -hmm. so thus when we put the distortion of static reels on when we put them on the the real thing this is the first time i'm here like yo i'm every mc it's all in me and I'm calling Rich, like, wait a minute, where's where's the where's the lyrics? He's like, uh, Malik and Tariq changed the lyrics. Mm. And I was like, well, why didn't they do the static and scratchy? And it's like, like in my head, I'm thinking, like, I don't know if we should do an eleventh hour change, like, and I I just kept asking Rich, like, yo, you sure about this? Because I don't know if I like it. Because the thing is, like, if you listen, like, in my mind, 
this doesn't sound like the same guys that did like I'm out there on organics <laughs> or good music. Like I was, I even said like, yo, this this feels like a Black Moon song line. Mm. Like this is like this is like a real MC thing. Which I I guess in my mind, you know. Tariq has, I mean, not like a chip on his shoulder, but it's all, sort of like, in his mind, like, I got to let motherfuckers know I'm a real ass MC to <laughs> offset all this cutesy jazz shit that Amir keeps adding to the mix. So it's almost like the more esoteric I am. The harder he got to get. Right. <laughs> and that will happen a lot. This, and this, you know, when we get to things fall apart, this will also explain like the Eve situation. Because... <laughs> Literally, like on the second verse, another little. Wait, who the fuck is this? Literally, I'm like on the phone, like, yo, man, I stopped the mixing session that you got me. I was like, no, like, stop. This is this is the one song that can help us get out of hell. Like, who are these other people? Roots and Erica, just let it be that. Like, I was hell set. I didn't. I didn't know who she was. I didn't know what her name was, or none of that stuff. So, you know, we'll this. Pay, this becomes a. We'll ongoing. pay for that. We'll pay for that mistake later. You know. Well, so. we're, well, we're gonna we're gonna leave it here for now. You got a big day. We got to get you. Yeah, out of here. I got a and, book to sell. <laughs> and that, that was a great that was a great tease of a future episode. So we'll get into that next. We'll pick up with Illadelph Have Life though. But thanks for your time, aka today, get rid of a mirror. <laughs> <laughs> Peace. Talk All to right. y'all soon. Oh, yeah.